Is the Packers' plan at receiver coming into view? Plus, what do they do at running back? Are they set? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for the Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day we hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you we're starting to get more info on who the packers are meeting with and if you extrapolate only a little we don't even have to do some sort of conspiracy theory tinfoil hat kind of tea leaf reading to understand what the Packers might be looking at. Two big things coming into focus, and they are importantly related. So far, at least reportedly, the Packers have met with two of the big dogs at receiver in the first round. George Pickens most recently, before that, Traylon Burks. These guys are two of the four players that I think in this draft are potential receiver ones. Alpha ones, Drake London and Christian Watson are the other two. And then you have the secondary playmakers who I think can be high, high level receiver twos. Jamison Williams, I think has one potential, we'll see. And Chris Olave. That group of six is the group to me. But they've also met with Tyquan Thornton from Baylor, theoretically outside of their preferred athletic model, a little slender, but he hits the RAS checkpoints, the relative athletic score checkpoints. And now, Valus Jones Jr. from Tennessee, return man extraordinaire, run after catch monster. He physically is what you look for, but 25-year-old rookie, that's... Mm, not ideal. 431 is 431. And he plays to it. You see it on tape. When he's in open space, he is just gone. Okay, so they're looking at receivers. Duh. Of course they're looking at receivers. Okay. But which ones? And where are those guys? projected to go and how do you shape your draft around where you think the value is and and how do you shape your draft around the players that you want to get when you go into a draft you need to have a roadmap you need to go okay these positions are deep here here and here and these positions are shallow here here and here and that means if we want these positions we need to attack them in x y and z kinds of ways. If you have a very deep receiver class, you can wait. If you have a very shallow defensive line class and you need a defensive lineman or you want, I think better want, you think the value is there, then 
you would plan to attack it early. I know everyone says take best player available. And yes, you want to take, you want to maximize your value. You don't want to reach for need if you can avoid it. That is always the goal. But you understand that you might, the diff, the gap in quality between a player that you could take in the first round and the second round and at, at, a, at a position where you have depth versus a similarly graded player at a different position that is shorter on talent overall is important. That difference is important. So it's not just, oh, take the, take the highest graded player. Take the best player. Take the most impactful player. Well, yes and no. It has to be part of your plan. Think of it in fantasy football terms. And I, I hesitate to even bring that up. And if if uh, America's guest Jason Hershorn is listening right now, uh, who who writes with me over at the Leap a newsletter, I would love for you to subscribe to. He is shaking his head at me because I have complained about how fantasy football has infected the brains of so many people and and perverted the way that they view the game in ways that I think are are deleterious to our understanding of it. I also understand that there's a lot of great fantasy media out there who have done more to push forward our understanding of what is important, especially about the draft, than like 90% of the traditional sports media people who cover the NFL. Okay, all that aside, think about the way that we view a fantasy football draft. Get your quarterback either early or late, right? That is the usual approach. If you're not going to get Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers, wait until the 10th round and get Matt Ryan because the gap between QB five and QB 15 is tiny. This is true at a lot of positions, just generally in terms of their value. And if you're not going to get a high level defensive lineman, for example, defensive line is a great example. And there's, there's like three or four high level defensive linemen. It's, it's Jordan Davis. It's Travis Jones. It's Devonte Wyatt, who not for me. And DeMarvin Leal. Those are those are your, your kind of top interior defensive linemen. After that, don't don't reach because the, the difference between interior defensive linemen five and fifteen, tiny. So even if that guy is the next guy on your board, doesn't mean you have to take him because you can get a guy who's gonna be uh, 90% is good around or two. Later, so having a roadmap of understanding where the value in your draft is, and this is something that I'm that I'm writing about at the leap today, that I'll be writing about again on Friday is when you have positions of need, where are you generally speaking going to find the value? Historically speaking, we can learn a lot about how good the NFL is at bucketing these players. Who is a first round pick? The the, the draft, for example, NFL teams have been terrible. At parsing linebackers, the outcomes for first round linebackers is not materially different than second round linebackers is not materially different than third round linebackers is not materially different than fourth round linebackers. That tells you wait on linebackers. Do not press. If you have two equally graded players and one is a linebacker, take the other guy. Because you can find someone later. So let's bring it full circle. Back to the receiver spot. It would make sense. 
And this is something that we've touched on a little bit, but I think it would make sense. And, and I have come to believe that the Packers, they're, they're perfect world scenarios. They're, they're able to trade for one of these stars. I think that's a, a worse than 50, 50 bet at this point. I think there's a 30 to 40% chance that, that, that happens because I do think there's a decent chance someone like DK Metcalf gets moved, but it has to be to green Bay in this case. And so I think there's certainly a less than 50% chance that, that green Bay is the team that trades for them. So it makes sense then to say for the Packers, we want to get one of these studs. We want Drake London, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Christian Watson. One of those six guys. And Jamison Williams is pushing their, their thresholds a little bit, pretty slender. But the guy runs, I mean, at, at six, one plus, runs four threes, low four threes, and it was as fast as anyone I saw on tape in the in the damn SEC last year. I mean, his speed is unbelievable. And he can make plays underneath and down the field. He can he can take a slant for six in a way that few other guys can. Christian Watson can, but he was playing FCS opponents, and so it's just a different level. If the plan is, and I'm I'm now of the belief that the plan is, find an alpha, draft one of them. I don't think they will take two, but this is part of why you have to investigate it. Take one of them. If you can get one of those guys, and it's possible that Olave's gone and Burks is gone and Jameson Williams is gone and you're sitting there going, okay, <sighs> Christian Watson, George Pickens, 22, does that make sense? 28, does that make sense? And then all of a sudden you're you're sitting there and you don't take one at 22 and you're it, all of a sudden it, it snowballs and it's like, okay, well, no, no, now you got to take one. If you can get one of those guys at the top and then on day two, you get a speed guy, a Tyquan Thornton, an Alec Pierce, a Khalil Shakur, a Valus Jones Jr. Even going outside of their usual mold, someone like Thornton, much lighter than they would normally prefer. But man, can he get down the field. There is so much. He looks, you watch him at Baylor. He looks like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Now he looks like Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the NFL. And he played at 105 or 195, 200, 205 in the league. And so when you're 185, that's a, that's a big difference. Uh, but he can, he can, I think he can add weight to his frame. You know, MVS is is a 6'4", 206. He looks slender, but that's part of that is because he's 6'4". I understand if I'm the Packers why I might go outside the norms a little bit for the same reasons that they went outside their norms a little bit for Amari Rodgers because he was a type. I still think there is a potential there. You know, um, the the tweet from Ben Fennell um, from, from a year ago is circulating 18 months ago now about how Amari Rogers reminds him of Debo Samuel and shows this cut up of him, jet sweeps and receiver screens and all this stuff, run after catch that we just didn't get a chance to see in part because the Packers brought in Randall Cobb. The Packers really don't have any choice but to figure out how to make this work with Amari Rogers. We're going to talk more about Amari Rogers in a second in, in a really fun way, I think. 
But it, the, the plan, I am, I am currently operating under the assumption now. And I know that, that it's not everything, but this is always what has made the most sense. The pre-draft visits is just confirming what we had already believed. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about how we think about um, the, the two receivers versus one and then another player or whatever. Get your stud and then get a complimentary player. And in the, in the case of the complimentary player, a speed guy. And, and a speed guy is going to complement all the other players. Even though Alave is an over-the-top guy too, he can work underneath. Traylon Burks, you put a speed guy with that guy, unlocked offense. Drake London, same thing. George Pickens, he yes, he can get down the field, but he's 6'3", 195 with long arms. He can make plays underneath. He can body up cornerbacks and get you six yards on third and four on a slant. Especially if you have someone like Tyquan Thornton or Valus Jones Jr. to take the top off. If you got Traylon Burks and Valus Jones Jr., your special teams is taken care of. Valus Jones Jr., uh, an All-American caliber returner. Rich Passaccia would love that guy. And now all of a sudden, think about all those RPOs that Green Bay runs in the screen. It's either a, a you know the, 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 the give or it's the receiver screen out. And now you're throwing it to Traylon Burks, who is tall Debo. Danny Kelly compared him to Debo Samuel with uh, the Super Mario power-up mushroom. Or Valus Jones Jr., who is 205, despite being you know a little on the smaller side, 5'11". He is not small. In fact, he's, he's pretty much the same size as Greg Jennings was. And he runs physically after the catch. He is, he is someone who can break tackles. And that speed, man, that speed is dirty. It is filthy. It is nasty. And the Packers desperately need it. All right, we're going to talk about the running back room and what's going on there. And do they need to add bodies to that room? I have some thoughts on that coming up in a second. But before we do that, let's talk about our new friends. Our new friends at Shady Rays. And Shady Rays is doing things differently. I got my pair in in the mail that I bought the other day and I was immediately struck by how nice they looked. I thought given the price there's no way they're going to look like expensive sunglasses that they're going to look like $200 sunglasses. They look like $200 sunglasses and they're a fraction of the price. Yet you still get all the same luxury that you get with luxury sunglasses, polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, premium high-end finishes, and something you won't find anywhere else, Shady Ray's insane protection program. They include lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. And guess who has two thumbs and loses sunglasses all the time? This guy. This guy, plus... You're doing something good. 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And two or more by four for the price. I mean, that that is what that is the deal that you are getting. That's code LOCKEDON for your best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews and the review of yours truly. I love my Shady Rays. 
And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make your second Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I don't know why I lapsed into that cadence, but we're going to go with it. Um, I got some, some questions over the last week or two about the running back position. And I know on first glance, it would be easy to say, well, they're fine. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill is coming back. Um, he should be back pretty early. I mean, August, September, he, he tore that ACL in preseason. So, you know, you, you didn't really even get a chance to see him and they need, they need that depth because they're going to need Aaron Jones out of the backfield more than ever. They're going to need him split out there. I think they're going to play 21 more than they've ever played two running backs. Well, that means you need more than three. You can trust is Patrick Taylor a worthy fourth running back. Are there other guys that they could bring in? I think they they could use another one. Now, there is also this question about Aaron Jones's future. And I understand that there is an assumption that he's not going to be on the team next year because he's $20 million on the cap, but they also have a, he has a, I believe an $8 million roster bonus that they can push out. They can, they can convert into signing bonus and spread it out. And all of a sudden that cap hit is a fraction of what it would otherwise be. Plus we expect the cap to explode in 2023. Aaron Rodgers' cap number in 2023 is also going to be low. So it's not a burden. Aaron Jones, I, I think he's going to play out this contract. Or at least be on this team for two more years, three more years. And then A.J. Dillon becomes your horse. And you figure out what to do with him in terms of what you you feel comfortable paying him. Because A.J. Dillon, uh, just by, by quality, qualitatively speaking, was one of the best running backs in the league last year. And quantitatively speaking, he was Sports Info and Solutions' most valuable running back. In terms of, of value created, him and Jonathan Taylor were the two most valuable. So they're in they have that high-end talent. I don't think you need to be looking at the future here. But Kylan Hill has not proven anything on the NFL level. He showed a lot of promise in rookie camp and in preseason. And I love the ability. I think he has the chance to be a productive NFL player. But I think I think the Packers are gonna have to, to carry four. Here is the question, though. Where is Amari Rodgers in all of this? If Randall Cobb is going to be on the team again, and, and he's going to be on the team again, that's most of your slot reps. If they're going to go out and get Valus Jones Jr. or Tyquan Thornton, along with Traylon Burks or Chris Olave, these guys, these, these receivers... There is suddenly not very many opportunities for someone like Amari Rogers to get on the field. And they like Amari Rogers. They like his playmaking. They like his, his ability to do stuff after the catch and to make plays with the ball in his hands. And we've seen some flashes of it. Do you consider doing with him what Mike McCarthy did with Randall Cobb at times? with what we thought we would see from Amari Rodgers last year and what we thought we would see from Randall Cobb once once he got in the building and got acclimated is run some of that 
that two-back stuff with Amari Rodgers at running back. Split Aaron Jones out with Amari Rodgers in the running back spot or put them both in the backfield and split Amari Rodgers out. And now you have that inside zone run look that you can go to if the, if the box is right or you can throw it out to Amari Rodgers on the little swing screen. There are creative ways where Amari Rodgers can be the solution to this problem. Now, does that mean uh, that that's the only solution? Not necessarily, but I do think, like, let's say they're fine with this current running back room and and they're going to bring in someone in undrafted free agency. It's just it's just how this works. They really like Patrick Taylor. Matt LaFleur loves Patrick Taylor, in fact. And so if they just roll with that group, it's not going to be at all surprising to me. But Kylan Hill in the seventh was great value. If they could get someone like that again, someone with these injury concerns, for example, falls, and that was part of the deal with Kylan, I think you, you jump at that opportunity. They need a deep group of guys, and I think they're going to have to be more creative than ever in how they deploy them. I think you're going to have to go back to 2019 and look at how Aaron Jones played split out. Now, teams started saying, okay, we're just going to put a corner out there on him. Deal with it. Now, now there's no mismatch. It's nickel personnel. And the Packers were doing a lot of that out of empty. So how about this? Go to two back sets and, and try it a little bit more. Split Aaron Jones out. Now put A.J. Dillon in the backfield and say, oh, you want to play, you want to play nickel against this? How's this for your light box? Bang. And here's A.J. Dillon in your face. You got to bring your big boy shoulder pads. For that, you can do it with Kylan Hill. Patrick Taylor is a big dude. Amari Rogers, even a, a, a let's just say, I think a potentially dangerous guy in the backfield. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, he's not huge, but he's he's two ten, two fifteen at five nine and a half. He's thick. That boy thick. And so there there are creative ways to create matchups that are advantageous to your team, given your personnel. I want to see the Packers do it. And I'm so excited to see what they come up with because I know Matt LaFleur is capable of of getting creative. We've seen him get creative. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play within the structure of those creative offenses when that was the only choice that he had. And I'm so excited to see how he incorporates the rookies that they are going to draft because they're they're going to bring in some receivers. I think it's going to reflect Matt LaFleur's preferences in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think this you're going to start to see, to see a, a remaking of this offense in the image of Matt LaFleur in conjunction, of course, with Aaron Rodgers, who is a partner in all of this. Before we finish up, let's talk about our longtime friends at Built Bar. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, what are you waiting for? It is protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's a treat. And it's covered in 100% chocolate. 100% chocolate. And yet, check the macros. Low in, low in fat. Low in calorie. High in fiber. High in protein. Low in net carb. And they taste delicious. They are the goods. Check them out for yourself. Do yourself a favor and check them out. Really. I'm telling you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. Promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off 
of the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The protein bar that I had for a snack today. I have them almost every day. They're delicious. Go to built.com for more. And thanks for making Lockdown Packers your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available on all platforms. We got some information over the last few days that the Packers were in on Devontae Parker. They were one of many teams. Brian Gutekind said he was going to be in on everything and Devontae Parker wanted to go to New England, wanted to play for the Patriots. That is what the reporting is telling us. This is a good reminder of a couple different things. The first is, yes, if you're the Packers, you're trying to go out and get these guys. But they've got, they've got say in all of this too, especially because this is a market where if you're a player, you can just say, well, I'm not going to play there, even if you have a no trade. Or don't have a no trade. This is where I want to go. And if you're the if you're the Dolphins and you don't want the guy anyway, I mean it says something about how the Dolphins view Devontae Parker that they sent him to New England where he wanted to go in the division. They don't think he's very good. Now, does that mean he's not? Mm. That that franchise is a pretty big mess. You have an owner allegedly paying or or offering to pay the head coach to lose games, which Have we heard anything about that lately? Anybody know if the NFL is going to act on that one? Hello, integrity of the game, please. Anybody? I'm not, I'm not convinced. But the Packers were in the mix. They continue to work behind the scenes. So, you know, absence of proof is not proof of absence. They're, they're trying to do stuff behind the scenes. It's a reminder. It takes two. It takes a team that is willing to trade a player. In this case, we know that they were. It takes a player wanting to go. That's not always the case. Sometimes you just trade them. And sometimes they say, I don't care. Trade me. I'm out. If you're the Chiefs, you sent Tyreek Hill to the place that gave you the best package. Devontae Adams wanted to go to the Raiders and the Packers were able to get a good package from the Raiders. And so that's where they sent him. If the Patriots were going to give nothing they didn't give they didn't give like a lot, but they're going to give nothing. They probably don't send Devontae Parker there. Could have sent him somewhere else. It it requires all of these parties to be involved. It's not just Green Bay saying, no, nah, we don't care. We don't want you. And it's not as simple as saying we want you. And now it's over. Here they are. They're playing for the Packers. It doesn't work like that. So there are a lot of moving pieces here. We got we got new reporting on the DK Metcalf stuff. That teams are are calling. That you know the the Titans are not trading AJ Brown. That they he re, that John Robinson reiterated at owners meetings that he is a core part of their team and they want to keep him moving forward. But then you got Rich Kamini coming in from from ESPN saying, well, okay, if that, but if that changes, the Jets are going to be in. That says to me that the Jets at least a little bit think that there's at least a chance there. And now we got Scary Terry in the mix. Terry McLaurin in Washington. Maybe he's unhappy. Ron Rivera is at Ohio State's Pro Day. Probably looking at receivers. 
Curtis Samuel's already in the building. I mean, Terry McLaurin's there. Are they going to take Garrett Wilson too? They can take Chris Olave too? And have three guys? They're paying Curtis Samuel a decent amount of money. Terry McLaurin's going to want $20 million. Are they going to do all that stuff? Are they going to invest that much in receiver? Are they going to take? Are they going to have three Ohio State receivers? I don't know. Is that is that a tip for us? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, we have Trevor Sikama coming up uh, tomorrow from Pro Football Focus on uh, the Packers draft and and the draft as a whole. Uh, we have we have been starting this a little bit late in terms of our draft ramp up and guests. Just because we've had so much other stuff to, to get to, so much of the Devontae Adams stuff and the Aaron Rodgers stuff and free agency and what are they going to do something? Are they going to not do something? So it is it is draft season in earnest. We are now three weeks away from the big dance. At, it, well, the draft dance in Las Vegas. So we will have plenty more when it comes to to the draft to get to follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers at any time you want to hit us up with the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers